Welcome to another episode of Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is I.K. Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Uh, and so has my guest this week. My guest this week is um, a guy I've worked with uh, once or twice before. Uh, I know definitely once when I went to Vegas this past January. Um, he is an international porn star. He is a content creator. His name is Dylan Diaz. I'm very happy to have him here. How are you doing, Dylan? I am very good. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, having me. It's really good to yeah. see you again. I think that I wanted to do a, a podcast with you uh, since last year, the Gay VNs. After our scene, I had wanted to see if I can fit it in. It just got, it got so crazy with just, there were so many people there. And um, I was like, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when we will. And I, I figured maybe uh, this year, um, and, and here we are. <laughs> I remember talking about the, the interview and I'm, I'm glad that we're getting a chance to do it now. Uh, yeah. I actually just saw a clip on Twitter I'm not sure it was from that shoot that we did, or was it from the shoot that I didn't know? I think it was that shoot. Yeah. Um, okay. So the scene that you did was for my first feature for Treasure Island called uh, Cedars. And um, it's it's basically about uh, seating motels. And um, I mean, granted, that one wasn't technically seedy. Yeah. That one's pretty nice. Yeah, it was really, it was. But, you know, the idea of just um, going to motel rooms and hotel rooms and how, you know, we, we pass them on highways and stuff and we just think, God, that place looks shitty. But, you know, for somebody in the world or at some point, that motel for an hour is like, you know, amazing for them. Yeah, we do pass them and we're like, who goes there? Like, how is this place staying in business? Who wants that? And they do. And they do. Um, so yeah, so that's what I wanted to capture with that. It looks really hot. I like yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I like Luca. Uh, Lucas was a new model that I had not worked with before, but I counted on you and Luca to pretty much show him the ropes and stuff. So, um, so tell me a little bit about because um, you're you're a transplant. You're from you're now living in Las Vegas, but you're originally from New York. Yep, I'm a New York boy, born and raised Brooklyn. Um, and recently, well, I guess about a year ago now, just over a year, I moved out to Vegas. Uh, you know, I just wanted a change of scenery. I spent my entire life living in New York and I, although I traveled, I hadn't lived anyplace else. And I always wanted to, I always wanted to see what life would be like, you know, someplace else. And it's, you know, there is life beyond New York, which is really nice to know. <laughs> and it's a lot cheaper. The life outside of New York is a lot cheaper, a lot more affordable. People don't know that. Um, maybe they do know that. I don't know, but yeah. And I, one of the, one of the other reasons why I decided to move out here, uh, was to focus on, to continue to focus on adult entertainment. Um, there were a few, a bit more opportunities out here for me for local boys. And so I said, I, you know, wanted to give this a little bit more energy and time. So, okay. I was like, all right, I'll move a little bit closer to the work. And, um, it's been good. A lot of studios have moved to uh, Las Vegas as well. Oh yeah, I mean between Las Vegas, LA, Palm Springs, it's it's you know pretty much all within driving distance for me, and um, it's it, it'll keep you busy. How um how has sheltering in place been for you in uh, Las Vegas in a new area, and then also just the state of Nevada? Okay, so at first it was pretty scary, and I think everyone were regardless of where you're located, it, it was it was pretty scary for all of us because we didn't exactly have a template for this. This hadn't really happened in our lifetimes. We didn't know how to handle this. We didn't know how bad it was going to get and so, or how long it was going to last. And so those first few weeks were pretty damn scary. And then, um, I don't know, there was a certain calm that happened and it was like, all right, 
this isn't going to last forever. So let's try and use this time wisely. You know, maybe there's some sort of like internal cleanup that needs to happen, you know, like get yourself ready for the next stage or the next phase or whatever you want to do with your life. Let's, let's, let's use this time for, you know, not just panicking, but a little bit of reflection and improvement. And that's what I did. I had another, um, a friend slash performer, a friend of mine who's also a performer had just moved to Vegas. Um, I think a week not more than two weeks before everything was locked down. The industry was frozen. Any bookings we had were either postponed or canceled. And like he was out here with like very little, like just what he moved with, which wasn't much. And so he just, I had him stay with me for the first few months. So I wasn't alone, which is great. Cause I think if I was alone during that time, it would have been a much different experience. So the two of us, and his name is Johnny Hill. He's, he's, he's my brother. Um, we uh, just, sat at home watching Netflix pretty much all day long. And maybe every two or three days, we'd go for a hike. Uh, that was one of the things that you can do in Nevada and still be, you know, socially distanced is we have plenty of places to hike. They're all outdoors. It's beautiful. You can kind of just, you know, relax a little bit and still be able to keep your distance from people. Um, so Johnny Hill is a performer as well. Yes. Did you guys quarantine? And by that, I mean, I know that a couple of people or a couple of um, models uh, in the Las Vegas area were able to kind of make scenes for themselves for their um, their fan sites because they were um, they were sheltering in place together. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely did that. We took advantage of that opportunity and we did lots of solo work, but then we also did some duo scenes together. And then as time went by, studios started offering to buy content because they needed de new content desperately to, you know, give to their fans. So they said, okay, if you guys live together and you can record this and then send it to us, we'll pay you for it. And so we started doing that. It was like, we had to like, you know, it, it turned everybody on their ass. It really did. And, you know, you had to figure it out. And that's what we all did. We just figured it out and kept moving. But yeah, we 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 monopolized on that. <laughs> okay. And and how is it now? How is like do you see things opening up? I know that there's no. cases spiking, but yeah. Vegas well, from what from the things that I use, all I really need in life is a gym and a supermarket. And those have been pretty much I think that we the gyms opened back up in July, was it? Maybe June. June or July. And from that point on, life felt normal for me. Like, I, I don't really go to the casinos. I'm not really into nightlife unless I'm working. So I didn't need that. Like, I really just needed to be able to go to the gym. And that kind of brought me back to a normal place. Um, but I think in general, things are, are relatively open and normal out here. I mean, there's going to be social distancing. There's mask rules um, and stuff um, and stuff like that. You know, cleaning rules. You know, if you're at the gym, you want to make sure you clean up your equipment really well which we should have been doing all along anyway, but especially now. So I feel like life is relatively normal in Vegas. Yeah. And um, studio work, how is that? Is it, is it operating? Is it business as usual? It's back. We're back. We're, you know, um, I remember those first couple of weeks I was booked nonstop again because those studios were trying to get content for their, for their, their, uh, their memberships. And uh, it was nonstop back to back, back to back bookings. Uh, and it was it was great. Also exhausting, but great because, you know, we were tired of sitting at home. I wanted to get back to work. Um, obviously, the rules had changed a little bit. Um, we had all we're all required to test anyway. You know, all of our um, STD testing has to be done, updated every seven to 14 days. 
And if, you know, you come back with anything, you have to take time off to get it fixed. And then once you've, you know, gotten a good test, you can come back to work. Um, but then they added in the COVID, obviously, because uh, we want to make sure we're not spreading that amongst each other. And uh, so basically with the testing and the mask rules, it's it's felt pretty safe. Like I've been going since July and I haven't, still haven't, knock on wood, haven't caught anything. We, um, even when we're like, so when we're on set, um, pretty much every, the, the entire crew has to wear a mask. And even the actors are pretty much wearing a mask until we start filming. Once we start filming, we can take off our masks. And then afterwards, we just put them back on. And people have really been um, following those rules. You know, I don't think, you know, every, I don't think anyone really wants to see the industry shut down again. That was a dark, scary, cold time for us. <laughs> and so we're doing pretty much whatever it is we need to, to make sure we can continue to work. It was definitely a scary time, but I also, I also think that the content creation aspect of it, like everybody can create their own content now, I feel like made it a little better for some people. I actually, I'll tell you, I actually do not like filming content. I like to have a team. I like to uh -huh. walk into a studio and have professionals there who know how to light me, who know how to, about angles, who've set up a beautiful, you know, set for us, you know, write out a story or a scenario. I like a team. I don't, okay. doing it at home, was not the same. Like it was one of those, that was actually a good opportunity for me to learn how to do it. Cause I know a lot of performers are making really good money that way. Um, but it was kind of something that I just ignored cause I didn't like it. Um, yeah. but during the time off, I was like, all right, well, I don't have much else to do. So let me figure out how to make this work. And so now I understand it better. I still don't love it, but I understand it better. I absolutely agree with you. And I was going to ask you what you prefer to do. Um, uh, but you answered that. So studio, as opposed to your own content, it's a lot of work. I don't think a lot of people realize how much work it really is to do, you know, to have a camera up, to have your lights up and then be the person that's going to be the main center of attention. It's yeah. I mean, I really like the performance aspect of what I do. You know, it, it, the sex is secondary. You know, it's it's not, I don't know. I don't know if, it's, if I should say that, but it's, it's, it's almost secondary. I'm not doing this because I love sex. I'm doing it because I enjoy the performance of it. I enjoy the creative process of making something that's, you know, appealing to people or hot to people that are, may inspire them to, you know, go jerk off or maybe they'll learn something from it or, you know, maybe it'll be like a, a release for them so that way they can, you know, avoid other negative, you know, things. Um, and so I enjoy that aspect of it. When I was doing it at home, it didn't have the same feeling like I didn't feel like I was I mean I know it really is what you put into it I know some people put a lot into it and it is creative and beautiful and stunning to look at but for me I just got tired of looking at my living room <laughs> I was like me jerking off in my living room I was like this is not doing it for me yeah yeah no I feel you um your start was in uh go go go, -Go. you were a go go dancer um, in the nightlife in New York, what was that like? I'm a late bloomer. So it started, I want to say very late thirties, very, very late thirties. And it wasn't even, it wasn't really my plan. I didn't, I never thought that I would do that. I, like I said earlier, I'm not a nightlife person. I don't like crowds. I don't like music. Oh, okay. So I'm a homebody. Like th there was, be, there was no indication that this would be something that I would fall into and like, but 
I'll, I'll tell you how it's how it started. Um, I had a friend who used to go go dance and wanted to get back into it, you know, to make a little side income. And, you know, being a makeup artist, which is what I did before, I knew a lot of like drag performers. And so I would ask them if they had any leads for him, like that they knew some places where he could, you know, apply and maybe dance and stuff like that. And so they gave me a bunch of leads and I decided, well, why don't I check this out too? So I, I did. And I actually really liked it. Oddly enough, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I got my, I get, I got extra cardio. I was doing, I was going almost like five, six nights a week. Like wow. it was, it was busy between New York, New Jersey, Long Island, then all the way down to Florida. Like it was, it was, it was, it was a busy schedule. Um, so I got my cardio in, I was out having fun, you know, lots of validation. People are like giving you money, like you're great. So I'm going to put money in your you know, underwear there, right there. And they might feel you up a little bit too, but they were giving me money. So I was like, it's okay. Um, and you know, while I was doing that, I met a lot of performers, a lot of, you know, porn stars, you know, they'll come in and do like guest spots or, you know, whatever. And so I met them and met a few guys and I was like, wow, he's really cool. He's normal. He's, he's nice. He does. He's not they, like, they destroyed all of the images or stereotypes that I had in my head of what people who work in adults entertainment were like. And I started thinking, well, I mean, maybe I can do this. So I gave it a shot. I, you know, I got my first booking and it went well. I got my second booking. It's, I still liked it. And I just kind of kept going with it. It was never, ever part of my plan, but I don't regret it. Like I, it's been a great experience. I've learned a lot. And I think it's, it's, it's also been really empowering. You know, I think it really depends on how you approach it. My 20 year old self couldn't have done this. I wasn't ready. I definitely wasn't ready back then. Um, but at, you know, knocking at the door of 40, now I'm 43, but, you know, just knocking at the door of 40, I was in a different place and I could handle it, um, better. You said, uh, your 20 year old self wouldn't have been able to handle this. Um, and because you don't do drugs, because you're not into the nightlife and stuff, it's for a different reason you think mentally or, uh, because I've seen 20 year olds in this industry and I've spoken to some models that have started that early and you know, they go, they go off the deep end because they get so much attention and so much stuff to them that they have a, a, a disp uh, dispensable income that they can just do whatever they want with and crash and burn. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you feel like when you say that in your twenties, you weren't ready for it? Was it, um, mental thing or uh like a adult like a a growth thing or it was it was definitely a a matter of growth and you know have, having a mind that was ready for it i didn't i wasn't confident i wasn't i wouldn't have been able to take off my clothes in front of people have sex and 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 you know project the image of someone who's like totally like sexy and, and comfortable with their sexiness. Like I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready. I didn't have that confidence. Um, and then, you know, I don't think that I would have even back then, I don't think that I would have fallen into the whole, you know, partying hard life. The whole drug scene is never really appealed to me. Um, but you do see it a lot. I see young people who are in the industry and obviously the industry wants young people. Like youth is very sexy. 
So they want, they always want the newest and the youngest guy. And, you know, I've seen a lot of them do, you know, grow older and, and do really well for themselves. They go through their different stages, but they kind of find their way along the way. And then there's some others who are like, oh, gosh, I hope you make it because right now you don't look like you're doing too good. And I think while it's a lot of fun and it's a great industry to be part of, it's it, it doesn't necessarily give you the most realistic um, uh, uh, like it's not a realistic life. Like it's, 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 it's going to end eventually that career will end eventually. And then you're going to have to find another way to support yourself. And here, like we can work, you know, two, three days a week and be able to support ourselves just fine. And the other job you need to work five, six days a week to be able to support yourself. Um, and so it's, there's, there's like unrealistic expectation of how, you know, the works, I don't know how to say it, but like the, the, the workload, you know, you've got to find a way to transition into something else. That's, that's going to be able to help you stay living at the level that you're, you've gotten accustomed to, you know, or have saved. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people don't save a lot of people don't, yeah. uh, especially when you're young. I didn't know, like, I, it's very, very hard. I still struggle with that. Believe me. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like now that I, I have a savings account and the fact that it has a little money and I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, like that's, that's awesome. That's great. You're doing better than me. I have a jar over in the corner. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I take so, it to the corn star at the supermarket coin star at the supermarket and corn, corn star is amazing i used to go to that thing like every fall and spring i would have like uh the change that i would have in either my glove compartment or whatever um i would take it and i'd, I'd put it out it's like 30 40 dollars yeah that's like half a tank of gas so um okay so you started and this is not an uncommon thing i think um starting a career uh in porn in your mid-30s to early 40s late 30s actually um, it's, it's more 38 39 yeah it's a market because um a lot of times uh what you just said you know the the lifespan if if for the lifespan of a model uh i would say well, I think it's a little longer in, in, in gay porn uh, because I, you know, I watch a lot of straight porn. I, I see models like female models and it's unfortunate, but I see them and, you know, they probably have a lifespan of three to four years, uh, if that, you know, and some of them just, you know, come in and out and stuff and same thing for gay models too. But I feel like a, a good lifespan uh, is about what, three to five years. And then I think that's about what they say, but I've seen people do longer than that. I think yeah. it's a choice. I think a lot of people like just burn out or, or just for whatever reason, they just can't do it anymore. And that's fine. You know, they it worked for them for that period of time and then they move on. But there are a couple of people that, and I'm, ex I'm really excited because I'm, I feel like I'm going to be one of those people that hangs on for a while. Yeah. I've seen people able to transition and continue and, and continue to work. I look at, models that i've known that started in 2008 that are still doing it and you're absolutely right they go from uh their mid-30s to being like uh daddy-ish and then eventually or big brother-ish and then eventually daddy-ish and um i there yeah there's there's definitely a market for everybody and anybody um to get off on you off of you know what i mean like <laughs> you're you're gonna be attractive to a lot of people at certain different times of, of your life. And I think that's awesome. It just, it all comes down to your desire to do it. If you want to do it, there is most likely someone who wants to see you do it. Yeah, you got a lot of mail coming in. <laughs> there was a period in the middle of the summer where we kind of ran into a little bit of uh, cancel culture. 
right? There was some models or certain things happening with, uh, with race at, yeah, at the, the height of what was going on in the country, we were dealing in the porn industry with, uh, people that have said stuff, uh, regarding race and stuff. Now you're, um, you're Latino. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, what has race been like for you? Do you see it when, when you started in the porn industry, did you see it be something that was in your face or was it just something in the background? Uh, very much in my face. Like of all the fields that I've worked in, I never experienced or saw racism as much as I did when I got into adult entertainment. And it was just, it was also in dancing. So I started there first and then it followed and it traveled, it carried on into um, the porn as well. Um, yeah, I've worked in corporate America, finance, um, um, fitness, beauty, fashion, and you know, racism is, racism is everywhere, but I didn't feel it as much as I did getting into the adult entertainment. It felt like, um, it just felt like the white guys were valued more. Mm -hmm. You know, like dancing at the club, you know, people just seems more excited about them. They made a lot more money generally. It looks like they made a lot more money and they didn't really have to uh, put a lot into it. Okay. They didn't necessarily have to have the best moves mm -hmm. or the best personality or coordinate their outfits. They could be wearing underwear from, I don't know, H&M. Meanwhile, I'm, you know, trying to get all the newest um, Andrew Christians, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so it, it, that's when I noticed it first. And, you know, I had a friend who was in it with me. I remember the guy that I was getting all of these leads for to begin with. Um, I think he'd mentioned it to me before, but I didn't necessarily believe him, I guess. And then when I saw it with my own eyes, I'd be on the phone like, wow, um, I, I see what you're talking about. This is crazy. And then there were a couple of times where we actually worked together and we would just look at each other like, damn. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then it also, in working in adult entertainment, I found that, you know, I think I have done pretty well for myself. Like, I'm, even with the imbalances that exist, I'm still booked pretty regularly. There's probably, you know, a few reasons for that. But you do still see a difference between um, the number of bookings, the number of people of color um, that are being booked. And if you're able to look a little bit deeper, you might start to see a difference in the pay rates mm -hmm. between people of color. Mm -hmm. And it's not so hard to see the types of scripts that people of color are given. Mm -hmm. um, and when, you know, everything shut down, pretty much the world shut down, um, that kind of just, it started a lot of things. It started a lot of things. It was kind of scary to get onto Twitter because you didn't know who was getting called out for what. And you were like, well, am I up this time? Or somebody can call me out for something? Like, you know, and it, it, was, it, was, it was a harsh time. And it just kind of became, you know, like a time of reckoning for the world, but also within our industry, you know, people were called out for their shit. You know, actual, you know, individual performers, studios, like everyone was being called out on their shit. And there are like negative aspects to that, but then there are also some good aspects to that. And if you can kind of take the criticism constructively to improve, so that way people don't have to come for you again, you know, then that's a good thing. But, you know, a lot of people would just turn it into back and forths and um, it was ugly. It was unproductive. So that leads me to a couple of, of different questions. Because um, I, saw, I saw it too, and I know it's there. And, you know, Last year was, I think, the first year that the gay VNs started allowing uh, bareback porn 
into, uh, if it wasn't last year, it was the year before. And I'm, I'm, I actually think it was the year before. Uh, first time they, they allowed them to be entered or to have any bareback studio enter uh, any of their projects. Um, I had worked for Rafa Club from 2007 to 2019. And 2008 or nine, we were banned. Uh, us and Treasure Island and every other studio that did bareback, we were banned from uh, being in any award uh, ceremony because of the fact that uh, it was bareback porn. People started loosening up in 2013, but people that were animately against studios that were animately against people working in in bareback are now barebacking like there's no tomorrow. Like it's 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 interesting. And the only reason why I bring that up is because it's bareback for profit. Now, do you think race is for profit in the industry? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think to some degree, some degree, yes, there are definitely some studios who are um, starting to hire more men of color these days because it's the socially conscious thing to do. It's the end thing to do, but it doesn't necessarily feel genuine. There are places where I've been booked where it does feel totally genuine and normal and it races doesn't feel like it's an issue. Like we're all there to do a job and you know, we're, that's it. It's not like, well, I'm hiring you because you're, you know, a man of color and I need someone of color in my videos to say, you know, to prove that I, that I'm, that I'm with the fight. Um, and then there are ones who are strategically picking people saying, mm -hmm. okay, well, if I got to, then let me have you. So that way it looks like I'm okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think people are definitely doing it strategically. Um, but you know, I have, you know, I, I, you had to, um, even with that, you have to say, well, at least there's representation now because it wasn't there. It may not have been there before, you know? And the, one of the things that I've been experiencing, it's just like, a, you know, racism is a very layered problem. I am, um, I'm Puerto Rican. I am, you know, I guess middle complexion, not light, not dark middle. Um, and but most of the time people just assume that I'm black, which is fine. I don't really care. Like, I'm sure if you go down my family line, there is some black blood. Yeah, we got Afro-Latino, right? Yeah, that's, that's like, it's part of, so it's not like, I'm not like, shocked or offended when someone uh, assumes that I'm black. I'm like, yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm black. <laughs> um, and I was born, I was raised in Brooklyn, you know, in low income neighborhoods, the black and Puerto Rican people were like one. <laughs> we had the same experience for the most part, you know? Um, but uh, the, the, what I've noticed is that, you know, it's the studios that are trying to <clears throat> say that they're part of it are hiring men that are very black. Like they don't want there to be any mistake about it. Like we want a black, black man to make sure you know that we hire men of color. So I'm, st I'm still out. But if you're a black, black man, you're good. And for a little while, I had feelings about that too. But then I was like, you know what? Progress is progress. At least we've got some representation in there. I'm glad that these guys are getting some work. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. Kick the door open for the rest of us. We'll all follow you later. Well, funny that you said that because uh, I was going to ask you another question that I had was, uh, as a Latino, you are um, kind of in the middle of everything. And I, I feel like in... Uh, even in society right now, when we, when the whole George Floyd thing and everything was going on, uh, I, I was curious, where are the Latinos in this situation? And I don't think that I, I did see a good representation. I don't think they were sitting it out, but I just feel like 
it's like a conversation that uh, Caucasian people or white people are having and a conversation black people are having or an argument. And we're kind of just sitting there like, what's going to, what's going on? Cause we can go either way. Uh, if you okay. looked at it just based on color, I feel like we make people yeah. comfortable. Yeah. I kind of feel like from the beginning of time, the argument has always been black and white and there's so much in between. There's so much in between. And so if you weren't either black or white, you had to pick your side. Um, yeah, it's yeah. That gets a little complicated. I hate having to like put that like use labels and stuff like that. I feel like at this point, we're all human. We're yeah. sharing the same place. Together. And at this point, like we need to figure out how to live together and work together. You know, um, but I also got comfortable with using. I, I, just recently, I got more comfortable with just using the term "person of color" or "people of color," mm-hmm. because it's it's where it's 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 a fine it's a way to like be included in the conversation. You know. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. Um, I am unmistakably and fully Latino. Like I, I, I identify with it. I, my name is Ike Grande. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, well, I always have to, a lot of people confuse it with IQ Grande and it's, I would never do something that brazen. Uh, it's, it's Ike Grande, which translates to, oh, that's big or oh, how big, because I thought it was fun. And when I did it, it was 2007. I didn't really see a lot of Latin people in porn, uh, at least behind the scenes. I know they're there, but I wanted to make it something fully Latin, like full out, like you can't deny. Unfortunately, I chose something that when the people say it out loud, they're like, what does that mean? What, how? But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel you. I try my hardest to identify uh, yeah. when it comes to stuff. It's funny that you say that because that's how I chose my name, how I chose my stage name. When I was like trying to figure out who I, what I wanted to be called, because nobody uses their real name. Or most people don't use their real name. A couple of people do. But when I was trying to figure out what I wanted my name to be, a couple of the options were a little bit more racially ambiguous. Like you, you couldn't really tell just by the name what I was. And then I made a very clear decision that I wanted my name to be very um, descriptive. I wanted you to be able to look at that name and know who was going to be walking in your door, who, where I was from, what I identified as. And so, you know, I came up with Dylan Diaz. Um, and that was intentional. <laughs> I wanted to represent. I wanted to yeah, everyone to awesome. know, this is what you're going to get. This is who I am. You yeah. Know? No, I think that's, I think that's amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. But there was something that you touched on that I wanted to come back to. You were saying that you know, at that time, there weren't a whole lot of Hispanic people or Latino people in the porn business, in the porn industry. And I kind of feel like, I mean, well, in front of the camera, sure. You know, there's a little bit of everything in front of the camera, um, whether, you know, regardless of whether we're being treated and, and, and paid fairly, we're there. Um, but those, those are the things that are changing, I believe. Um, but behind the camera, uh, the studios, the you know the, the the crews, the offices that run this business, they're still very, very, very white. Mm-hmm. And I have absolutely nothing against white people. Really, I don't. Neither do I. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, where is the diversity? Like, there, are, people of color don't want to do this, or are they just being rejected? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? That's interesting. I have not. Um, again, uh, like you, I've seen or I've heard uh, a good amount of people who are behind the scenes. Um, be it cameraman positions, be it, I'm not sure how many directors there are out there. I'm not sure how many, um, uh, producers, uh, but yeah, I, I feel the same way. Uh, there were times and it's fooling around. I don't take it, uh, 
in a bad way, but there were times where we would be in the office and people would say shit that, you know, I thought was funny, but it, looking back at it, I'd be like, dude, you'd be in such a problem legally if I, if I said something about this. And it happened more often than not. Uh, but, you know, you kind of have that camaraderie. You, you know, you're thinking about the work and stuff. I don't think that I was uh, betraying anybody by not speaking out or anything, but it's there. Like being from New York, the melting pot, we're used to being around all kinds of people. And like in my, you know, my private life, my dating life, you know, if you look at my history, I've dated all kinds of people and I'm, I find all kinds of people like physically attractive. So when I look at porn, I want to see a little bit of everything. It's, it's more exciting to me. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, you know, you know, some people have their preferences. That's another question that we have to like figure out Are you know, people have preferences, you know, um, you know, when I go to Chipotle, I might have the brown rice instead of the white rice. Mm -hmm. And that's just a preference and it doesn't hurt anybody. But when it comes to porn, um, well, then what? Like you might have a preference for one thing. Is that okay? Is that not okay? Like, or, or is it okay? But it, like you have to think about how it's affecting, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it is. It's very complicated. There are guys who can talk about it and they're so like, you know, right on with it like they really they really they're right on with it i'm not right on like i'm trying i'm trying to learn i feel like i'm still trying to learn i know i am taking up a lot of your time but i'm having such a good time i hope you I'm are too. A good time too. Don't worry um it. what uh so far in your your career what's been a highlight like what's been one of the best shoots that you've been on or the best experiences that you were like wow this is my life like this is what i get to do you know there have been a few of those moments honestly um, I've been pretty lucky. I've worked with some really good crews and have been, you know, given some really interesting scripts. And um, some of the highlights, I mean, working with Shishi LaRue was, has, you know, been one of the highlights. And that my second booking was with Shishi. Mm -hmm. And she's been so supportive of my career, so helpful. And she's also been a friend and, and like a, a mentor. Um, it's been like making that connection, making that friend was a huge thing for my career. Like, like, and especially since it happened so early on, I'm really grateful for it. Like, I think it was perfect. I needed that. I needed, um, kind of that presence to make me feel secure and safe and comfortable enough to continue on, um, in this, in this business. Um, some of the other interesting, you know, things I've done, I've done. Okay. So here I've, okay. I identify pretty well. I, I did. I, before working in adult entertainment in my personal sex life, I identified as gay. Um, but working in adult entertainment, I had the opportunity to interact with women in trans porn and, and cis women in like bisexual scenes. And I learned that I actually really like sex with women. Um, so now I try not to use the label anymore. I'm more fluid or pan. Um, um, I mean, I think that in terms of relationships in like my personal life, I, I think I still want a man. I think I'm still more drawn. I feel more comfortable or, or whatever um, with a man. But um, in terms of sex, women are amazing <laughs> and so i got to learn that i did see that i did i think i was on aebn one day just checking out uh some movies and stuff and i did see that you had done some bi porn i think you did a scene with mason lear and um uh, a female performer i think that was i believe that was lydia black 
Okay. And yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And always interesting to me too. I grew up watching straight porn because my father didn't have gay porn hidden in his closet. Straight porn. <laughs> what's, um, what's something that uh, you want to work on? We've done uh, gay porn. You've done uh, bisexual, bi porn. Um, MTF. Have you done FTM? Female to male. I have one okay. scene that I had. It was, uh, it was a, a trade content trade and I, I did it a few months back but i haven't edited it yet just because i'm you know procrastinating i, I don't really like that side of it i don't like the, the technical stuff but yes i do have one to post and it was great and i would love to do more of that i really love the buy stuff i like um variety like i'm verse um and i also just like the variety of people um so the buy is fun because it gets to it satisfies you know the, the need, the, the desire to be with a man and also the desire to be with a woman all in one. It's, it's a lot of fun. So I definitely like to do more of that in terms of performance. Um, but I also want to get a little bit behind the scenes, slowly start to move behind the scenes. I want to get into directing, you know, I've already done some writing and I think, you know, the next step is to start, you know, directing as well. Um, Cause I feel like they're, you know, like we touched on earlier, there's not a lot of people of color running the business of porn. And so I kind of want to venture into that and add some diversity to that area. Yeah. You know, I want to put in a different, a slightly different perspective, you know? I think that's an, a good progression for not all models. I don't think every model is cut out to do it. But if you if you already are thinking about it, that means you're you're halfway there. Like you you know that you would want to do something like that. Not a lot of models that I speak to say that. So yeah, if you if you already have that in mind or you you can think visually yeah. of stuff that you want to do that you've written, that's that's amazing. I would I would I would absolutely look forward to seeing what what you can come up with. There's definitely going to be a learning curve because I don't really have any education or experience with it other than what I've seen on set when I was, while I was the performer. Mm. Um, but, you know, from what I've heard from people who have done it, who have made that transition from performer to director is that there is, you're never going to feel like you're prepared. You just do it. Mm. You know, you get a project and you figure out how to make it work and you learn from your mistakes and you continue, you continue learning and growing and doing better and better work. Mm. And that kind of applies to pretty much anything that you do in life. Yeah. First, do it it might not be great and also you know you would have the know-how of being a model and in front of the camera so you kind of uh you get an idea of what the model might be thinking or what you know in certain situations and that's always very important because it's one thing to sit in a corner and bark orders at some of you you know fuck them this way or fuck them that way or whatever but it's another thing to be like okay well you know this person probably needs everybody to leave the room for 10 minutes so that they can concentrate or you know so that's, that's, I think, uh, very important and very, uh, need. Well, that's one of the roles that I've taken on as a performer now, you know, like when I'm working with someone and I feel I can, like, I, I'm very empathetic and I can kind of feel what everybody in the room is like, if I look at them for a few seconds, I can kind of figure out, oh gosh, he needs a break or he's stressed out or this is not comfortable. And like, I can kind of figure it out and try to do what I can to help them. Mm -hmm. That's something that I do naturally, but if that's something that's going to help me as a director, then great. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> that's very nice. It's it's good. It's good to gauge what the other person you're about to be inside of or is going to be inside of you is thinking and feeling. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's, that's really, really cool.
what's the best advice that you can give uh, people that are like, oh, well, I kind of think that I can be a porn star, or maybe I want to do this, or you know, I could use money. Uh, maybe this is a good idea. What's the best advice you can give somebody that would want to get into the adult entertainment industry? Just try it. Just do it. There's a lot of, um, you know, they're always looking, if you want to do like studio porn, they're always looking for the new person. So it's not necessarily difficult to get in. Obviously you have to be in good shape and you have to, you know. I'm here. Oh, sorry. Siri for some reason. Jeez. Sorry about that. <laughs> She, you know, comfortable. She talked. I, I, I okay. So I had a, a Siri problem. Well, okay, I'll come back and answer that. But I had a Siri problem. I was in the car with my friends, and we were having a conversation, and it was kind of an emotional conversation. I think I was starting to cry. I was getting upset about something, and then I asked a question. It's like, why does it have to be? And then Siri, Siri chimed in and says, "I don't have the answer to that right now." And I'm like, Siri, no one was talking to you. Like, no one said, "Hey Siri." Like, like no one said anything that sounded like Siri. But she says, I don't have the question to that right now. Like, mind your business. So I turned off, after that, I turned off that feature, like the Hey Siri feature. Yeah, I, I turned off that feature. I did not want my phone listening to me at random times and like yeah. chiming in. Um, what was the question? <laughs> uh, the question in, uh, in a briefer sense that I do, because I tend to go all over the place sometimes. But uh, yeah, the best advice as, as a performer, the best advice that you can give a performer that's thinking about getting into it for the, the good or bad reasons, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, okay. So like I was saying that there, there are, there are, uh, producers are always looking for new talent. And so if you want to do studio porn, there's, you know, there's a, definitely a way in for you. Um, definitely a way in for you. Um, if you, if you just want to try it out on your own terms without necessarily having to perform or, or, or be approved by anyone or have to perform in front of a crew and stuff like that, you can always do it on your own and, and then like self-produce and just put it out on like places like just for fans or only fans or like test it out on Twitter or whatever. Like you can definitely give it a shot um, and see where it goes for you. I say, if you're curious about it, go ahead and try it because it's most likely going to be, I mean, everyone's experience is different, but it's most likely going to be different than what you expected it to be. It's most likely not going to be as stressful or as uncomfortable as you're making it out to be in your head. Just give it a shot. Um, and then don't take it too seriously. If you decide to go forward with it, have fun with it. It's, it's, it's don't get stressed out. Don't turn it into um, one of those high stress 40 hour a week jobs. I mean, you can obviously, you can easily spend that much time a week working on it besides the performance, you know, like promoting it and editing it and doing all of the things that need to be done to make it available for people to see, but don't make it stressful. Just have fun with it. I feel like that's, that's the biggest thing. Just have fun with it. Yeah. It's porn. It's freaking porn. Yeah. It's supposed to be pleasurable for the people watching it, but also for the people making. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh boy. Um, I can, I can go on forever. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, we still even, we, I'll, I'll leave this for next time, but I know that you have like a shiny clothes fetish or a shoe <laughs> fetish or something. I know you I know do. You Cause, do. Cause you pointed out my shirt once. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, was it shiny or was it see-through? Cause I like shiny and I also like see-through. I think it was shiny. Okay. Because it was last minute, I think I had it shipped to me because I wasn't ten I wasn't planning on going to the Gavian Awards, uh, but I changed my flight, and um, 
And I had this shirt shipped to me and it was granted, you know, I, I even wanted to like walk in and out without anybody noticing, but you know, how you're not going to notice a fucking shiny shirt. It's hard to not notice you. I remember seeing you out of the corner of my eye and I think I noticed the shirt first. And then I was like, Oh wait, I know the guy who's wearing that shirt. <laughs> and you mentioned it in an email. So that's why I was like, Oh, okay. So he noticed that. And then you wore shiny sneakers to the shoot that we were at. The gold ones, or yeah. the silver, gold and silver. So yes. And they were beautiful. And I was like, huh? Okay, so after, you know, those two things, I was like, okay, so he definitely has some kind of, like, fetish going on there. But um, yeah. but we can leave that for next time, which I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to have you on. You're, you're, I've, I've only worked with you a couple of times. I've had a couple of interactions with you. You're a treasurer. I'm not going to lie to you. You're, it's, it's very, it's not very easy to, um, I don't want to say that and offend a lot of models that I do know, but... I, I, you know, like for the, like I said, the amount of interaction that we've had, I'm very comfortable. I don't know if it's the Latin thing. I don't know if I just, I feel like, you know, we shot one scene together. I can't wait to shoot more. Uh, but I feel like I know you very well. So, <laughs> so I appreciate it. And the feeling is mutual. Like I enjoy working and talking with you and I definitely would love to come back and do some more. Yeah. Dylan Diaz, where do people find you? Listeners that don't know, uh, I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but if there are listeners that are new and they're interested in our conversation and they want to know who you are or buy your stuff or uh, just see more of you, where do they find you? The, the hub would be go to Twitter first. And my profile there is Dylan Diaz 11. And you'll have links to pretty much my Just for Fans and my Instagram there. Or if you want to speak directly to me and ask me a question of where you can find certain videos, I will respond and tell you where to find it. Um, so yeah, I'd say the easiest thing is just go to Dylan Diaz 11, the number 11. Um, one word, no spaces on Twitter and talk to me there. Sweet. Uh, guys, if you like these interviews uh, and you like... Listening to models and just you know having a good all-out conversation, uh, you know that we're available on every podcast directory. It's demystifying gay porn. We're available on YouTube, so you can watch and see the interaction with the models with clothes on. Because <laughs> a, a lot of times, you know, yeah, I know. I, I got a peek. That was great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's on uh, it's on YouTube. I've put it up on Pornhub. I put it up anywhere. Uh, that people would be interested in looking at or watching porn stars in a different setting. <clears throat> uh, once again, uh, it's demystifying gay porn. Uh, wherever you do go, like, review, click the subscribe button, notify, all that fun stuff. And uh, my guest this week was uh, international porn star, content creator Dylan Diaz. Uh, all around sweet guy. Absolutely appreciate all the time you've given me. And um, yeah, guys, my name is I.K. Grande. Uh, it is demystifying gay porn. If you've watched gay porn in the past 12 years, I've definitely helped you get off. And so has this guy. <laughs> so uh, cheers. Thank you. <laughs>